it is my firm belief that every film set near or around World War II should end with a scene of people dancing. Yeah, got you've got this film, yes. mm-hmm. and you've got Salo, the 120 <sighs> Days of Sodom. Never seen it. I, oh <laughs> no! And and Astro, mm. and there are other films, <laughs> and I just dropped mm. the name of the film we're doing next week. Mm. That's right, motherfucker. I wish I was wrong. It I, was, thought, I wish I it? was wrong about that. <laughs> so you were right. Oh, I was right. Oh Christ! What's, what's the name of our movie? <laughs> oh, you don't know next about week. Salo. Or Solo, 120 Days of Sodomy. It's really the pleasant. Pasolini film that's based off of a uh, Marquise de Sade novel. No, it's okay. Because remember, I, so I say remember, but you know everyone's joining us right now. I told Astro that I had both a, uh, a jokey joke suggestion for next, next week's films, mm. which was the 120 Days of Sodom. And I have one in my back pocket. Which it's I, the back pocket one. Do you want to know or you uh, want I, me to? I do want to know. Okay. The back pocket alternative film is uh, The Phantom Menace. No, let's do Solo. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going to force everyone to watch Solo. I'll, I, will, I will come up with another Solo? I, well, I d- I've never seen it, so I think I'm kind of down for any three of these movies. You know what? Um, I've never <sighs> even seen a Pasolini movie. Okay. Let's see. Do we have a coin? Do you have a coin? Uh, uh, I do, actually. All right. We're going to do a heads or tails thing if it's solo or uh, what you might call it. Phantom Menace. Fan- Phantom Menace. Okay. Well, wait. Both films of equal caliber. Okay. Phantom Menace All right. or that. And if we do Phantom Menace, we're just going to dive. I feel like so we'll just dive into it as an individual film for now. We got heads. Can you? Okay. Yeah. And and tails, standard, U.S. quarter. Okay. Uh, minted in 1987. Okay, so excellent. what's heads? Uh, heads is solo. Yeah, heads is solo. Okay. There's a lot of head in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm gonna shift the camera so you can see I'm not doing any trickery either. Are you not? Are you not looking? You don't want to see the? Oh uh, no, I'm just afraid. And then tails is oh oh god, it's on the ground. Oh, it hit the ceiling. Okay, if it's on, doesn't matter. It's all part of it. What did it land on? <laughs> it's fucking tails. Okay, uh, we're doing Phantom Menace. We are we are safe from we are safe from from traumatization for like at least another week or so. So who knows what will another. come up next week though on the coin toss of death. Greetings, comrades. You're listening to Ghost Kino, a podcast about socialism, cinema, and shitposting. And I am one of your esteemed armchair revolutionary cultural critic, um, cinema appreciator, uh, man about town, bohemian, <laughs> lush, in a bathroom. No, no, bo- no bohemian. Not bo- no bohemian? Okay, yeah. Okay, <laughs> no. Yo, you I'm are- just going to stop you right there. Uh, my name is Connor. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Astro and Era. Uh, how's up? it going, gang? I'm eating Yo. some carrots. Eating some carrots. They're pretty tasty. Um, 
Can we get some more? We got some uh, iced coffee ASMR last well, week. Well, I, I was going to say that I do think at some point I would love to do a um, an episode, a political episode that just analyzes ASMR as a phenomena in general mm. from a from a social and psychological standpoint. I feel like that would be interesting. Cuz I am sure a there's a docu I'm sure there's a documentary on ASMR. No, I'm about to watch. be Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I am an esteemed um supporter of the ASMR community. I enjoy ASMR's videos. You're a patron of the arts. I'm a patron of the ASMR arts, so I would love to do a video. The ASMR Arts. From cinematic perspective. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I'm doing. Era, how are you doing? <laughs> hello. Uh, it is I, Era. Uh, hello, friends, comrades, enemies, frenemies. Uh, Counter-revolutionaries. Yeah. Partisans. Yeah, armchair revolutionaries, Justice. cultural critics. Uh, easy, easy. <laughs> it, I'm doing, like... Uh, exponentially well, or exceptionally, I guess, is the more grammatically correct. No, let's Both go with the rad. term. Let's go with the first uh, one. Exponentially. I correct. got. Yes. Yeah, so ratter, well, ratter. yes. Uh, <laughs> I got. So, I, it's a really long story, and definitely not enough time to mm-hmm. devote uh, on this podcast. But, mm-hmm. long story short. Uh, I think I did mention previ- on a previous episode, hashtag uh, Ghost Kino. You should follow us. <laughs> um, Check out the archives. I got yeah. a new, yeah, our archives. I got a new turntable. And yes, so, yes. I saw that on it's, your story today. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, so uh, I got it like, I don't even know if it was last Thursday or two Thursdays ago now. Mm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I had some issues getting some parts. Try to get a receiver, that didn't work. Uh, try to get a, you know, a, a Fano preamp. Didn't even get the correct one. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, it didn't end up even fucking working. So uh, then I had to order a new preamp, and. Uh, so, f- like a week and a half, two weeks later, I'm f- I'm finally able now to listen to f- awesome ass records. Oh my god! So you're actually it's... able to use this fucking thing? Yes, now. It's just like I can actually use this guy. now. Oh my god! It's... No, I feel and that. And I gotta I say, like the anticipation kind of was like oh, it was no, too I, much anticipation. I live on that but it was shit, totally man. worth it. Makes it. me feel like I'm in like high school or something. And I just bought like a new video game or something. As soon as the needle yeah. dropped. I was like fucking blown away. Dude, the feeling of like buying a new video game when you're in like middle school or like elementary school, it's like the, it's better than any high I've ever had. Yeah. I think some of my fondest memories with video games is not like, is both playing them, but also the car ride home. Yeah. No, that's what I'm talking about. Like getting like fucking, remember I got Fallout 3 in like eighth grade and I was like, that was one of my first big boy games. Yes. Big boy games. I just remember like, convincing my dad it wasn't that violent of a game but i got it it, it it's incredibly violent and i was like staring at it i was like oh my god it was like i was holding all the violence i just better yeah it was better than my dad into getting you're just like 
yeah, I'm a I'm uh, I'm I'm a big boy. I'm I'm 13, and then you just see someone's like head explode, compl- like, just, like literal like gore smatter, eyeballs of. flying out, like brain matter. Just like it's a you're whole... you're right, Dad. I'm not old enough for this. I know, I love that shit. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, so, so yeah, so now it's, uh, I get that feeling with, well, I still, not video games so much, but fucking vinyl and mm. Criterion Collection, uh, Blu-rays and stuff, yeah. Hell yeah. Of fucking which, man. the Criterion Collection, of which, uh, this week's film the Criterion. Is, is a, uh, yes. is, a, is a component of, uh, we're talking about, uh, Ashes and Diamonds. Ashes and Diamonds. Talk, which enough. also, because it's a Criterion Collection, mm-hmm. can be found on Criterion's streaming service. I need to get their streaming service. Which launched service. two do, years ago. Do you have I'll it? I'll give you my login. Yeah. Do you have it? Uh, give him, oh, Fuck yeah, wonderful. I do. That would yeah. be wonderful, I did, I did place a bet with myself, and I was like, how far into this week's episode is Era going to talk about their Criterion collection? And oh. <laughs> <laughs> did I... Did, I love... No, no, no. That's me. That's literally me. With my fucking um, that's what, that was me with like the, I used to like collect steel cases and shit like that. Those like steel books or whatever. Mm-hmm. I used to obsess th- over those. They're uh, rad. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't have a feeling either way about steel books because they're cool, but then there are also like, but it's a steel book. I'm like you know what I mean? I'm a sucker, <laughs> just like I'm a sucker. But yeah, so uh, ashes and diamonds. So yeah, I'll. I'll both of you will get my login. For oh, right. That's going to be uh, very helpful in the future. Yeah. yeah I'm so excited dope. for that. Um, but, they just added subtitles. So, shit, you know, it's still a growing process yeah, with Criterion. Did they not have subtitles before? They, If they did, then I was really stupid and couldn't <laughs> figure it out. But I do remember with a certain movie, I'd like spent like 30 minutes trying to figure out the subtitle options yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think it's like a recent update. That is such a smarmy move by Criterion. It's like we just assume that you are a globe-trotting polyglot, and, you, and you have no, you, <laughs> yeah, you have no need for subtitles like the rest of these fucking simpletons, simps. Um, so you yeah. just watched it though, Connor. You're fresh yeah, off yeah. the presses. Oh, I, I just, I literally just. You're watched both it fresh off the presses. So, right, I watched it last night. Uh, c- just real quick, contrary to watching this film the way that it was supposed to be seen. You know, maybe via the Criterion Collection channel, or maybe you own a Blu-ray. I think that's important for old films. Yeah, I watched this film on YouTube at What's one on YouTube at one point two five speed, um, so that <laughs> wait I, what? Yes, because you could speed up YouTube videos. Because I was afraid I wasn't gonna finish it in time for. I love that this okay. week's episode. Um, just watching people just speak in f- Polish and just breakneck speed. It's just it just sounds the same to me, man. It sounds sexy. <laughs> uh, should we do? Uh, should we do some initial impressions, starting maybe yeah. with uh, with Astro, since you picked the film for this week? Yeah. Go for it. So, um, Ashes and Diamonds. Um, I initially picked this film because, like, um, this was a film that a good friend of mine had suggested, and then like I looked into it and. Um, it was. I saw that it was a Polish film, and as a as a Pol- as a as an American Polak, um, I w- I haven't seen too many uh, films from Poland except for like I think like one of the only Polish filmmakers I made is like Krzysztof. Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. He did like the Decalogue and like um, the the Red Blue the Red Blue White trilogy or whatever. Very good filmmaker, but um, I hadn't heard really seen any other Polish cinema, and so um, I thought this film would be interesting to um, look into. And 
This movie was groovy as hell. I thought it was um I thought it was very um it was very rooted. Um I had to do a little bit of like research about like the politics of Pol of like post war Poland yeah. at that time because like this film was made for like a Polish audience, for people who like knew Polish culture and like Polish history and stuff like that. Right, yeah. And so like there was a lot of stuff that like initially I was kind of confused about that like I had to like pause the movie and kind of like look up and look into. But like once I kind of understood like the kind of like the the a little bit of a, a historical and social background of that time in Poland. It, it definitely made a lot more sense, but like I thought it was a very, um, an incredibly humanistic film. I really feel. And I feel like at the end of the day, um, I don't think has necessarily a, um, a necessarily like, um, pointed like political direction in regards to whether it's like a, uh, like a pro-communist or anti-communist or anti-fascist or pro-fascist or whatever film, which is very interesting because it was made like it had to pass like USSR, um, like propaganda depart department censors and stuff like that to get this film made. So it's very interesting that this film about killing a, uh, essentially a workers party, a committee member was approved by the Soviet government at the time. But I think the film really stands in being in very, um, open and, um, ambiguous in its meaning and i really dug that about it because i feel like um i guess yeah it's a more of a humanistic film as opposed to a political one within a political landscape which i thought i feel like a lot of films exploring political issues uh don't really explore a lot of the humanistic side to those issues yeah i agree uh era your thoughts i think i'm still figuring it out which uh there's a lot to this there's a lot going on here. Yeah, I feel like just as much as uh, I am enamored with the movie, I'm enamored with like the behind-the-scenes mm -hmm. aspects of it. Uh, like, it's one of those movies. I think that the like making of story is plays just as much of an important part as like the actual like release. And reception of of the movie and um i like how I, well astro commented that um it had to pass certain ussr uh standards which is very interesting because uh the so this movie is based on a book uh and the book is leans like pro-communistic mm -hmm. uh, this movie i th i feel like can be interpreted really kind of I, I feel like it technically could be perceived like interpreted either pro or anti-communistic kind of but uh m more so yeah along the lines that what what astro was saying is like it really tries to humanize uh the polish underground mm -hmm. which um it's important to note like the, the this movie the story kind of follows along with the book but mainly doesn't mm -hmm. uh and part of the reason this movie was able to get shown or distributed in the first place was because uh the author of the book was like 
yeah sure why not like this you know kind of follows the book um and uh the director i the reason i say that i i personally think this leans more a little bit anti-communistic which i'll probably get into a little bit later but Mm -hmm. uh the director of this movie was or or uh, during World War II, it used to be in the Polish underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Polish underground uh, was... And I don't even really... like. I just have like a vague understanding of what was going on at the time. But to my knowledge, it wasn't hard-lined anti-communist, but it was just kind of like... A, it seemed or my interpretation of what I was reading online was like, it wasn't hard line, but it was kind of like, yeah, a lot of people in the underground were anti-communistic. The, the way I kind of interpreted the home army for the for, for Poland, the underground was, I didn't necessarily see it as anti-communistic or anti-fascistic. It wanted, it sold, idea was like focused on like the liberty of the polish people and i think that like this film and they viewed the incoming ussr takeover of poland after the defeat of the nazis is essentially being like all right we're just under new management now and so i think they saw the communist party coming in from the ussr and the the and the spread of communism to their country as being just like the Polish people are still not free because it's these foreign ideologies and foreign and foreign countries essentially ideologically invading our country. Yeah. I and think- so that's kind of like how I, I thought. And that's what I thought was so interesting about the film because it was very interesting to see because they were fighting the Nazis too. And like that was what was crazy is that these guys are fighting the Nazis and shit like that. And as soon as they're done fighting the Nazis, they're trying to kill the Soviets too. Yeah. I think in terms of, so I want to go over like my initial impressions then like circle back to this tangent because I think this is a good conversation. I very much uh, agreed with uh, Astro, your initial in- assessment that this, um, I feel like this film really humanizes ideology or ideologies, I should say, um, by focusing specifically on <clears throat> the sacrifice on both sides. And the phrase both sides appears a lot in my notes um, insofar as that halfway through this film, I really started to dislike it. Um, I I came around to it at the end, but I did feel that there was kind of, uh, yeah, like this degree of both sidesism to like both the partisans as well as like the, 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 the communists themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <clears throat> but the thing is that like, I feel like that interpretation and that, and just that general assessment, like you know, you shouldn't cast ideology or anything like anybody who's seemingly aligned with your political interests, whether it's the viewer or just, I think, just a general life tip to you is like, if you meet somebody who's purportedly like a leftist, it's like you know, just because someone says that they're your friend and they, they have the same ideology, it's like there's room for debate and you know, not yeah. Also, that doesn't mean, just because your politics are good doesn't mean you're a good person. Right. No. Yeah. But I'm. Yeah. Thinking, but I was. But so. I, th- I think to that end, like, you know, I think going into this film with the political predilections that I had, um, I w- just felt a, a degree of disdain towards um, 
the direction and just the plot um, because it did feel very both sidesy. Um, however, I think that in the end, you know, I had to take a step back myself and just think about the fact that, you know, as is the case in real life and should be the case with cinema, uh, humans are complex creatures mm-hmm. with shades of gray. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't even like, you know, I have my own criticisms of the USSR even as a communist myself. Mm-hmm. I was well I was saying that like I think it could go either pro or anti communist. I got the feeling it was leaning a little bit more anti. Um just because of the way like like it it starts off I think pro. And one of my actually favorite scenes is the very beginning where like uh, it's so spoiler alert. We say this every episode. It's, yeah, it's, well, it's, I think you're about to describe something that happens in the first five minutes of the film, too. So not really that. Well, big yeah, time. but it's still like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. What? Whatever. People die. Uh, if you haven't spoiler, seen this, people die. If you haven't seen this film uh, yes. from 1958, perhaps you should uh, turn off the pod. Turn off the podcast. We, your friends, give you permission to not listen oh to this God. episode. But yeah, um, the first scene. So, so the. Uh, the main our main character and his superior officer uh as he later comes to be known by they mistakenly murder like literally murder these uh two people cement workers cement workers from the local cement factory uh they were supposed to the intended target was a secretary of um the communist party uh, Stuka and uh, um, Chuka, Chuka. There's gonna be a lot of butchered Polish pronunciations on this episode. Sorry to my ancestors. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, the neighborhood people are like, I don't know if it was just like neighborhood people or local factory workers or like the union or who or like other like party members, but like they come because uh, Stuka like stops his jeep looks at the crime scene or whatever and is like oh shit like i think that these bullets are meant for me uh and he gets questioned by you know this like i don't i'm not gonna say mob but this like small group of people like a coterie you know, of tired of dying here like how long how much more fighting is, is there gonna be uh and I, I liked the transparency between this person who uh, has a seemingly high role in the Communist Party, but also like other uh, Polish people or party members or whatever. Like, dude, like how long? Like how much longer is this going to take? Like, the war is about to come to an end, uh, and you know now we've got like basically infighting, well, um, I, and. But then progressively as the movie goes on, I think it's like, well, then we see like, uh, it just seemed like uh, a lot of like the people who were communists were just like focused on like getting uh, like drunk and hanging out at banquets. And like there was a note like someone was like, isn't this for the bourgeois? And um, uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think that I that I, I I think that was intentional. But I don't really see that as like 
anti like that's the thing it's like i don't think that this film ideologically is at all anti-communist ideal i don't think there's anything ideologically about this film it's about i think all of its criticisms and all of its like either satirization or something like that was all criticisms of the polish government or the u.s just like ideology in general you think i think well, yeah. No, well, sorry. This came back to me now. I was thinking about it. The main, the main criticism that this film has, in my opinion, is that of hierarchies. Exactly of hierarchies and okay. institutions. Like I feel like this is a very anarchist film. Yes. Where like this is a very anti-state film. Where I feel like because like I do okay. not read this as like a anti-communist prop- propaganda because this wouldn't have been made other. It could it couldn't have physically been made otherwise. But I also like I feel like that. This was a film that was a specifically like about the Polish state. Like that's that's why I feel like this film can't be analyzed through like the lens of it being like fascism versus communism, but purely through the lens of like this is the Polish state that we're talking about. And we're talking about the influence of communism versus versus um, fascism or whatever it was before. And I, I really just see this film as just like showing that like the USSR and this new change of power was going to be no, not much better than it was before. And like, you know, I think with Polish history and the collapse of the USSR, you know, a lot of that became true in the case of how Poland was governed. But, um, I think the film is less about like, Oh, communism is bad or, you know, this, and it's more of like power and the state are evil that use these ideologies or things that really don't mean anything in a material way to these people where it's like, I don't think the main, and I think that that's kind of what the main character like realizes, like why he doesn't really want to kill this guy is like, he doesn't really understand ideologically what he's doing anymore. And he doesn't understand like why he has to kill this guy. I don't think it's because he like thinks communism's good or anything like that, but more of him being like, Oh shit. Like this is kind of like this futile battle that we're losing. And it's just like, things are always going to be awful here. Well, yeah. And not only to that point, as it relates to like Matchek, I believe Matchek, Matchek's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, Matchek. Matchek's, Matchek. uh, yeah, Ma- whatever Matt, it is. <laughs> Matchek's, uh, Matty, I call him the Polish James Dean. Yeah. Matty boy. Uh, uh Pol- the, Pol- one of the hottest human beings. Oh, he's so, so hot. hot. So oh, hot. My God. oh my God. Fucking Polish Brad Pitt. Fuck up me. Oh my God. Right Little. now. Okay. Oh. And, All of it. Okay. So we're going to, we're, uh, are we <laughs> done thirsting? Are we yeah, all done? We, 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 yeah. um, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> keep it thirsty. Uh, no, uh, not only does Matty boy, uh, have, uh, have his reservations about, uh, killing, uh, the, uh, the, the communist part, the local communist party chairman. Um, there are doubts that are expressed by nearly every main player in this film about the future. Yeah, even when his head, like, when even then the guy in charge of him was Andre, trying to quit. Yeah. yeah, he was asking his boss about it, and he was like, shut the fuck up. And then there's the quote that, um, <laughs> the, the, the quote that Andre says uh, during the last scene that he has where he's interacting with, with Maciek, uh, mm-hmm. where Maciek asks him, do you, like, be- really believe in all this? And he responds, me, that's of no importance. It's of no importance. Because it's like, yeah, it's like you don't, it doesn't even matter anymore. It's not you, about ideology. And you see reticence from uh, Matrix's love interest uh, mm-hmm. at the bar. Mm-hmm. You see Lincoln Parks, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, in the end. Um, you see reticence from, like, other members of the local Communist Party. Mm-hmm. It's like, this should, you know, th- there, there should be, like, you know, 
really the state can go omnidirectional, but it seems like everybody, regardless of their political affiliations, knows that whatever comes next is going to go belly up. Well, um, yeah. Which I and what save save for the the party chairman who is asked like uh, who who says something to the who is the only one to express any degree of hope about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, but little. Point one for point one for communism. Point one for st- for state led like <laughs> Stalinism. There you go. Uh, they're the only. Who would have thought the Stalinists would be the optimist? I know, in this right? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that gets ties into like uh, the summation that this film is like very anti hierarchy. Can be viewed from like an anarchist perspective. I don't think it's explicitly anarchist, no, but no. like it's very but anarchic it and it, yeah, it's very anarchic in its ideas. And I think like the party scene is just wonderful because it's just like, it's just showing like how our politics, like it's essentially like it's a criticism of not not like communism, but politicians and how politicians are just fucking, they're just degenerate fucking fools like the rest of us who are running our country and playing it like chat and playing like, you know, handing out, orders and shit like checks and all that jazz and it's like it's great that that reporter breaks in because he's just a disruptor to like this bullshit yeah but i I thought like one of the most um one of the most visually poetic and wonderful shots i have seen in a while was when eventually um our protagonist does kill the chairman outside and he he grabbed the chairman doesn't fall backwards he grabs him but it falls forward and then the fireworks go off announcing that the war is over. Yeah. As this bot, this dead body is clutching him. It's just like so incredibly powerful because it's just like this, this, this shift over from power is marked with violence. Just meaning that nothing has truly changed, that we're still going to be in a state laden with violence and murder in the midst of all this celebration. And the fact that he's clutching him is just like reminding him of the human, that he just took a life. Yeah. He's not, he can't ignore the fact that he just took a life of somebody. Yeah. And that's just so, so incredible. And that's what I'm saying. I feel that like this film is incredibly profoundly humanist where it's just like, it looks well, past. Oh, sorry. What are you saying? Sorry. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, uh, of course, how you read that scene is totally profound compared to the way I read it, which was very just uber literal and was like, okay, cool. Our, our, uh, main character, completed his objective literal <laughs> fireworks and celebration like communists. <laughs> victory this royale. is why we have different this is why we, this is why we have each other on here victory royale but, but victory royale say, there there are a lot of a lot uh and it's like in many cases like kind of split secondy like blink and you'll miss mm-hmm. phenomenal shots yeah, for like sure. there's a there's a scene, uh, the zoom in mm-hmm. where um, you you call him Matty Boy Connor, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matty Boy, pull, uh, Matty Boy, Matty Boy pull, pull is under Pitt. the stairs, uh, yeah, right before that shot, and then it like zooms in on one of the spaces in between the staircases, the, the light, or one of the steps, I mean, yeah, and uh, oh, just and then there's the fucking um. The shot, the well, not really the shot, but the entire sequence where they're at the the church, uh, and, and then Christ is hanging upside down. Oh my god! Yeah, so fucking awesome. good. 
I want it. So uh, what were you going to say, Connor? Sorry. I was, uh, yeah, just if we can, if we're we're on a little cinematography kick, there's a couple film, a couple scenes that I wanted to point out. <sighs> to a couple shots. First, of, first one that I noticed. And the was, guy in the sweat, like the guy's son, Stuttgart's like drooping in gallons of sweat yeah, in his interview yeah, so fucking good i um sorry go ahead no no it's all good i i was particularly fond of the scene wherein uh matty boy is uh is talking to <laughs> talking to andre the giant um andre 3000 <laughs> this is matty boy and andre the giant this is coming a, to theaters near uh, you this is a good way to uh to both incorporate the shit posting component of this podcast <laughs> while at the same time uh not not showing all of our po- poor commands of the polish language anyway uh <laughs> maddie boy is uh which by the way i want to party with Matchek. so yeah so bad dude, oh, yes. that guy dude that oh guy my god they were give me all those hungarian cigs oh yeah. my like, god smoke um the scene where he is talking to andre about um their old partisan days and he's lighting the oh, shots lighting the fucking shot he's lighting the shots is. on fire and he's saying the names of the the comrades <sighs> and they they yeah. turn or they turn back toward towards this like hardcore polish folk song yeah by the way, which is that talking about flowers being watered with polish blood and i was like jesus fucking christ mm-hmm. but like hardcore shit mm-hmm. uh the only good as a side tangent the only good thing that the french have are their songs which are also equally hardcore when mm-hmm. it comes to songs about revolution um they the camera pans now, away talk to about the never resistance. <laughs> yeah ta- pans away to the end of the song and when it comes back to uh the two of them um, I don't know if it's a continuity thing, but you notice that all of the shots have gone out. Mm. All, all, all of the fires yeah. have been extinguished. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. And I thought that I was like, oh, fucking chills. That and also that was, I, that was definitely intentional. Yeah, and that and I also like that uh, that a white horse appears out of nowhere in this film. Oh my god, that was one of my yeah, favorite right. parts. One of my favorite so parts. So fucking good. Oh my god, that Which was so wonderful. Also, shout out to uh, we do see our boy, or maybe my boy uh, Uncle Joe. <laughs> For for a few seconds. Do we see Uncle seconds. Joe? Where's Uncle Joe in the movie? When I say Uncle Joe, I mean uh, Uncle Joseph Stalin. I know, of course, oh, okay. the only Uncle Joe okay. I have. I thought we were talking about yeah, Willy yeah. Walker. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a, oh, it's oh, Grandpa a Joe. <laughs> you thought Grandpa Joe was in there? <laughs> like, it all con- it all connects back. <laughs> it all circles back that. to Willy Wonka. Know, We've right? talked about Willy Wonka on dispro- almost every one of them. Dis- disproportionate <laughs> number of episodes. That's proving my foresight that it was in fact a, a very good film. <laughs> it was too. very effective. Um, but anyway, Ari, you were saying. Yeah, where's Grandpa Joe? I mean, Uncle Joe in this. Uncle un- jo- Joey S. It's uh at. One of the well, it's when Maddie Boy's by himself, and it's either like before or after or in between, like him hanging with Christina, mm-hmm. uh, and he just like smoking his Hungarian cig oh, by himself, yeah. and uh, he like looks off because they open that window. Yeah. Uh, after the song ends mm-hmm. and everyone's like getting drunk as fuck and mm-hmm. then uh he looks out that same window that they opened so mm-hmm. it's kind of like leaning oh up. yes i remember and, uh, yeah it's like i was it i just watched this no it's for true. i remember some, i remember that some scene. reason of me it wants to say it, the portrait might have been sideways but that's totally incorrect i, no, feel, I like. feel you I, I wanted to talk about um specifically um, the poem that is read in the, uh, oh, the yeah, church yeah. Yes. because I feel That's like where we get our uh, 
so title, title and I feel like it's like you know it kind of is the like theme, it, it sums up the whole film. I have yeah. um I I have it transcribed here and I can you have it transcribed. All yeah. right, yeah. recite word. <clears throat> yeah, so, please read it. So often are you as a blazing torch with flames of burning hemp falling around you, flaming you know not if flames freedom brings death, consuming all that you most cherish. Will only ashes remain in chaos whirling into the void, or will the ashes hold the glory of a star like diamonds, the morning star of everlasting triumph? Which, yes. <laughs> Who so, wrote that? Hemp 420 Blazer. They say it in the movie. Yeah, I, I don't remember. You remember? I should, I, Fuck, I'm going to look that up. Should have done, should have done additional research. That's that was fine. Like, that's better that you transcribed it. I didn't do that. So, well, yeah, I mean, that's like the perfect centerpiece for this film. And I think what you're going to say, Astro, just talking about the nature of sacrifice as it relates mm-hmm. to the preservation of ideology, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's not even like preservation of ideology. It's about like, um, about understanding the the nature of, the nature of your method and the nature of who you are and how that can affect the world around you but and how and how beauty can arise out of trauma and pain mm-hmm. and sacrifice and so i feel like like for me it's like what that poem like relates to is like i think a lot about like um with like the burning ropes of hemp falling off and shit i think of like um I think of the very beginning of the film when they accidentally kill the cement workers where what they're trying to do is kill these politicians who they view are going to oppress them as much as um, the Nazis did. But instead they end up because due to their own tomfoolery and shit end up killing two fucking workers of their own people and shit. It's this idea of in your flame of passion of preservation or freedom and shit you end up burning the people around you. And also along that point, if I could just interject mm-hmm. real quick, mm-hmm. notice at the uh, as soon as the guy crosses the the threshold of that chapel, which the door's locked, mm-hmm. as soon as it opens, as a result of being shot, and then Matchik is still shooting him. Uh, his uh, sports coat mm-hmm. literally catches. catches on fire. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. I did. Yes. Burning in flames. That's insane. I did, I I was wondering why he caught that was fucking crazy. But like I that's like how I feel like, you know, like that's what kind of made him realize I feel like and why that was that that poem is a reminder to him of like who am I and what am I doing and he's realizing like I don't know if I want to burn yeah. out. I don't know if I want to do this. He falls in love with this girl and realizing like you know like there might be maybe what he's doing doesn't make much sense and maybe it's going to ruin him because he's gotten too caught up in his, in his passions that he doesn't even realize what he doesn't even understand what he's doing. And it does in the end of the film end up consuming him in his own act because he was able to carry out what he was meant to do, but it didn't result. He could have gotten away from, he brought about his own undoing with that because he could have got away because he walked away. For, he was wa- the reason why he got shot was because he was walking away and he wasn't even being looked for, but he was trying to walk away or avoid like the drunkard or whatever. And he bumps into the Polish guards and gets scared and pulls out a gun. Yeah, and that's when they start chasing him is because he gets scared and pulls the gun. And I just think that like 
that last that like one of the last shots where he's in like the feel of debris and just writhing in agony dying from this wound is like honestly one of the most brutal deaths I have ever seen in a film and I was very um I was very uh, shocked at how um at how brutal that death was because it really felt uh drawn out in a realistic way and just that you could feel like there was a real uncinematic pain happening and so i thought um i thought that that like that poem kind of really relates to this concept of of these fires but like what it what comes from it also which is kind of also i don't think it's a completely pessimistic nihilistic note where it's that di- that these diamonds these beautiful things can emerge from it so maybe that these deaths don't they sometimes can just wither away like ash but sometimes something beautiful can grow from it well like in line with that i feel like you know that sort of the poem i read it in sort of similar light where it you know Mm -hmm. it implores people who are reading it to examine their own passions and whether they are worth um the the fallout that comes inevitably i think from those those passions whether Mm -hmm. they're ideological or political or violent or whatever you know Mm -hmm. um and like in line with that i um I really think that's, you know, that as like a touchstone for this film, uh, like, is very much indicative of the fact that like, what what the film is asking of the viewers themselves, mm-hmm. I think, is to examine if what you are doing uh, is truly worth the sacrifice uh, in in any in whatever capacity, and I think that using like this setting as like um as as a way to explore that idea is uh just just one way of of exploring that like you know i think that i think that asking yourself like whether or not you whether or not whatever you're doing is worth it is as you said humanistic but it's something that exists outside of ideology i don't even know i wouldn't even know if i would say if it's worth it i think it would be an understanding of awareness of like what what you are doing i feel Mm -hmm. like it's like it's less about like being like oh is this worth it is this cause worth it because i think if you ask any of them you know a free is as a free poll and like worth it like they would heart in a heartbeat say yes i think it's more of like do you understand like what you are truly doing to achieve that because you're so passionate and you might have not thought it out or morally or logistically thought out what you're doing you're just acting because you're told and you have this passion and i feel like it's less of like is the cause or whatever worth it and more of like being like are you aware of even what you are doing and if that even aligns with what you're even burning for right and i and i feel like that question and what you're saying and that i I agree with you that that was Mm -hmm. was much much more uh, accurate summation of what I was trying to say. I Sorry. feel like no, no, don't don't apologize. <laughs> like no, you're right on the money. I feel like that is uh, an inherently anti-ideological state or like anti-ideological statement. I feel like mm-hmm. you know um, because all of the characters in this film get wrapped up in their own ideologies and their mm-hmm. own causes uh, that they never stop to ask themselves that question. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. If when they kill when they killed the workers, if those workers were instead the the uh, the chairman or whatever, it would have been totally been worth. Like if you said it is worth it to kill a man, it would been they would have been like totally worth it. But it's like, is it worth it to kill two workers? And then they would, I don't know if they would answer that. Also, but they end up doing yeah, it anyways. They can't. They can't. 
just a just a side note. Perhaps the most uh, communist job you could have given the, the <laughs> cement two- workers. Yeah, it's like, like where, it was where, so do you, rad. Where, where do you work in the cement? Factory. I did think it like the yeah, way the chairman right? talked. I, do- I did dig <laughs> how the chairman talked to the cement workers. I thought he was pretty. Uh, he yeah. seemed. I feel like the chairman was not really a bad guy. Like no. I don't think he was. A, like no. I don't think he was. I wouldn't call him like the antagonist or any shit. There was really no. No. Yeah. Uh, sociological conditions were the antagonist of this film. Well, he he has I the feel most like and the antagonists Nazis. in some ways w- would be people's own self mm-hmm. or like their yeah. their conscience or or their mind maybe. Um, but I just want to real quick before I forget, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't help. Now this is totally like. It may be occurring at a similar point in time in history, but both completely in their own unique uh, particular set of political, socio, uh, economic, and cultural circumstances. But I I couldn't help but think while watching this movie uh, also about uh, China as well, Mm -hmm. just in that um it is another country or or was another country that after world war ii uh was you know as soon as the war was over then it was okay like now we got to figure out like our own independence and where we're going to go forward as a as a country and uh you know of course the people's uh liberation army and uh the Communist Party of China ends up defeating the Kuomintang a mm-hmm. few years after the war ends. Mm-hmm. But it just like briefly popped up like, oh, okay, like, you know, uh, there's several countries going on uh, fighting the way of the future, so to speak, uh, after World War II. Well, yeah. that, like, oh, sorry. Uh, oh, no, I was, well, I was just going to say, uh, Era, I, um, it's interesting that your mind went to China in terms of like an interwar period uh, and that struggle to define its the, the, the struggle of a people to define their future um, yeah almost always through force because I was thinking uh, to a certain degree about the um, the uh, Irish civil wars uh, civil war I, should <laughs> I wonder say. why how nice <laughs> one could only imagine <laughs> how yeah. Dear listener, up the raw. I wish I was. I'm a one. I, I yeah. w- I'm just mad because I'm not Irish. Hey, it's okay. You're I wish I was. Honorary. You're with us. So with. <laughs> let the record show. I I put my I put my hand on on Astro's I see that on mm-hmm. Astro's shoulder as a as a symbol of Fenian camaraderie. Fenian camaraderie. Fuck yeah! I can do a mean Irish accent. Please don't. It will get races. <laughs> <laughs> I I was just thinking about the Irish Civil War. In terms okay. of like that yeah. inner sort that internecine period, wherein like, you know, it's just it's you know it's sad to see you know, I, and and also a film also a theme in this film you know, pole pole on pole conflict mm-hmm. pole on pole crime, uh, is uh you know definitely something that's you know at the forefront of everybody's minds like you know and it ties back to what we were talking about earlier like mm-hmm. as to whether or not yeah. Well, it's just that's why like I felt the film was so like um, so sad because it's just like it's own yeah I mean it's just poles killing poles and it's just like it's it's, it's uh, people who don't need to get wrapped up in this fire that's burning getting wrapped up in it and it's like I think it's interesting you, you know when you were talking about um, 
you know, China or like these other countries that had these, you know, revolutions or wars. It's like Poland doesn't even like didn't even get that. It was just kind of like, all right, here's what you're doing. Here we go over to the, you know, here we go. The underground was stamped out pretty quickly. It was literally like, yeah, it was just like, all right, this is what you're doing. Like they literally got like handheld and put and told where to put like what's what's going on. And it's just like, you know, it sucks to see, you know, like as a, as a poll to see a country just essentially just get walked over throughout the 20th century. I mean, it's just like they didn't do nothing wrong. They're just, they're just, they're just farmers and shit. They gave the Russians vodka and then everyone thinks vodka's Russian. And it's just like very sad. <laughs> it's a true thing. Vodka was invented in Poland. You heard it here first. You heard it here. Ch- Wikipedia, that shit. Um, I don't learned that from my uncle, who's also Polish, so that could be also not true. It could be. Have you ever seen the, my big? Have you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding? No, I haven't. My, I oh, have actually. Thank you. That'll thank be you. next. Wait, stay tuned. That's, that's a good. That's honestly sure. a good one to do. But the dad in that movie, it's like this Greek. Oh. He's awesome. Yeah. But he just like makes everything about Greece and shit. Yeah. And so like. There's like one scene or whatever where she's like, yeah, how was your day? And he's like, oh, you know, I just met this guy in this pottery class or whatever and just like talks. And he just walks away and goes, the Greeks invented pottery and just walks <laughs> away. And I'm like, that's my uncle. That's um, my I, uncle had, I had, uh, similarly, I had, uh, of course, it was at my parochial high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, 10 out of 10 would not recommend, by the way. Um, 10. <laughs> who who who's uh, going out here recommending their own high school though? Really, I don't fucking know. Maybe, just I'm going on me. record. I'm going on record. So that's a um, be dead. But a religion teacher who was like super Italian and was like, but it was like he Did was. You go to public that, school? Like, hmm? You go to public high school? I went to both public and parochial. Okay, I was gonna say because I was like, you didn't have you had religion class? Is that the parochial school that you had religion class? Yeah, yeah, that was at parochial school. Anyway, uh, but he would always say, like, oh, uh, you're Irish? Irish are Italians. And, like, somehow, like, fucking... And I'm just like, dude, shut the fuck (laughs) up. All right? Like, he would connect every little... He's like, potatoes are Italian. And it's just like, are they? what the, what what the, the fuck what are you talking you about? Just, mo- the Italian's most famous so dish annoying. was invented by the Chinese. Mm. Like, what the hell? Um, they didn't even invent yeah. pasta. I, uh, no. <laughs> the one thing, exactly. they stole it. There's, it's good, but. It is good. It's just, uh, no, it's just a, a lot of plagiarism, uh, Italian food. Noodles yeah, from but, the but, noodles from the but East, anyway, tomatoes yeah, from America. So, uh, Exactly. Yeah, they didn't even have tomatoes. Ashes and diamonds, everyone. Final <laughs> thoughts on it. I feel like. Yeah, I, th- I feel like we're again there. Um, I wanted to. Uh, the on- the last thing I wanted to say um, about this film is that I never got <clears throat> any sort of strict religious interpretation. This, despite the fact that there is there are religious motifs going on. Mm-hmm. If anything, yeah, uh, same. Th- my only uh, my only takeaway from that was um, is that we live in a world within with an indifferent God. Who is indifferent to violence? Uh, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed this film. I think that this would have been a good film for me to see as uh, as a as a young gun, bleeding heart communist mm-hmm. in like the middle of college, um, just as a you know humanizing factor as it relates to ideology. It's like you know yeah. I like don't throw your light you know it, it just be like i said earlier just because people purport to be on the same side as you you need to 
you know, critically examine your politics, critically examine uh, who's in your circle, critic- critically examine your organizing methods, how you're you're approaching uh, rev- anything revolutionary. Um, and, uh, you know, no one's going to answer that question for your, for you in terms of whether or not that there's this, this or that is the best way to be a leftist or a comrade. I think I'll answer to, that. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of, I think a lot of us have to answer for ourselves. Um, but if you do want an, a- an answer, um, I'll just read out Astro's phone number. Yeah. Well, quick. just, uh, my Twitter <laughs> handle is jovial cacophony. And if you, if I, I, I'll tell you what's right or wrong. <laughs> I'll tell you if you're woke or not. <laughs> Um, segueing, I guess, into myself, uh, I'm glad I picked this movie. I'm really, um, this is like, um, I feel like it's a movie I haven't heard too much about. And it was like, it's cool to like find little gems like this. Um, thank you to the person I have a massive crush on for suggesting this. Um, it's a wonderful ass movie. It was like months ago. I didn't know I recommended this film to Uh, you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Connor, you don't understand (laughs) that that's next week's film, which is in fact going to be solo. No, I'm just (laughs) Just kidding. Um, but, uh, this film was very groovy. Um, it's nice to see some, uh, the Polak representation out here. Um, and it's it, it I, I don't think I think it was a very unique film. I don't think a lot of films approach the subject matter would have approached the subject matter the way it did. Yeah. And so um rad. Rad as fuck. That's my Astro rating. Shout out to Catholics who eat potatoes. Gang Shout gang. out to the Catholic hey. potato eaters. Just uh, everyone on this podcast. Everyone. <laughs> and carrots. Potatoes and, carrots. and carrots. Potatoes and carrots. Yeah. I'm going to be annoying. It's going to be annoying. The classic combo. When I edit uh, this, this episode. I request you. that you, <laughs> you make mine incredibly loud. My mm-hmm. trump's incredibly loud. Eric, your final thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I final really trumps. enjoy this movie uh, for making me f- like think. Mm-hmm. Which like seems so kind of maybe banal. <laughs> uh but no, but like I, I really do like talking it with you both, and mm-hmm. um, like because not only is it just like really like the cinematography like really well made and well shot, but like mm-hmm. uh, this like does bring up a lot of very good like philosophical ideological points, um, which you know I, I definitely uh, appreciate a whole lot. You know, it's like. Of course, as much as I just love watching, like, stuff that, like, fucking who gives a shit about, like, the Simpsons movie uh, the other day. Like, this stuff, like, really making me think, uh, you know, that's, they both go hand in hand. Uh, But that's not to say (laughs) the Simpsons movie is on equal footing as Ashes and Diamonds. We don't have to. Because it is not. We don't uh, have to do that. It possibly could be. We have to call straight now. No, no, no. (laughs) Uh, I think this is a really great movie. It really makes you Uh, think. You should watch it. Oh, I uh, I, ca- I came up with a with a jokey name for this uh, film, like I did last oh week. Oh Christ! Uh, what? Where I was talking about Midsummer being a prey love. Um, I yeah, uh, I was calling this film the worst exotic marigold hotel when I was oh, watching it. Oh no, no, man! <laughs> come on, 
All right, I'll do better. I next appreciate oh these. my god. It's be so depressing. Going forward, it's been called I Ashes I and Diamonds. This. What a what a wonderful title for this. Ashes and Diamonds. Surprisingly, not cocaine and rhinestones. Not which cocaine is, and rhinestones, which oh, is another great podcast. podcast. Check yeah. it out. Shout out to Tyler Manco. Uh, thanks everyone for listening this week. Uh, feel free to join next week. What we'll are we doing? We're doing Phantom Menace. We're doing Phantom Menace. Yeah. We're doing Ah. Are we doing Phantom Menace? We're doing Solo. I know. Nah, we'll do Phantom Menace. We'll do Solo another time. I'm fine with. Oh my god. <laughs> we just got sued by the Lucas Foundation. Well, that'll get us attention at least. Mm. Hey.